0: You've heard of forging a parent's signature to get out of school, but have you heard of a parent forging your identity to get back in? A Texas mom impersonated her daughter. A social experiment. How far did she get? Casey Garcia. A 30-year-old mom of 7th grader Julie had an idea. She wanted to see how secure her daughter's middle school in El Paso really was. Going undercover with dyed hair, Casey wore a Marvel Comics sweatshirt and recorded herself the entire time. Greeted by the principal, shown directions by a teacher, even having lunch, she almost made it. Her last class finally caught on. You're not Julie. Correct. I'm her mom. And this school needs better security. She was arrested for criminal trespassing. The superintendent says they're reviewing security measures. Too easy to slip through the cracks unnoticed, but not with Jesus. He sees and he hears his people. And better than that, he seeks us out to bless us. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called Passages for Keeps. What do you do? It's the most common question we ask after meeting somebody for the first time. What do you do? It's a harmless question and it helps us to get to know someone a little better. But I wonder if this most common question reveals something deeper about us. We live in a world that tells us what we do is who we are. Our value, our worth, and our contribution to society is bound up in our vocation. Our job becomes our identity. And if we're not careful, this can spill over into our relationship with the Lord. In a moment, we're going to turn our eyes to the Beatitudes. Many times, this list of nine blesseds are taught as if they are a list of things that we must do to earn the Lord's favor. But the Beatitudes are all about what Christ wants for us and what he gives to us, not about earning our keep. And they are indeed passages we need to keep close to our hearts. Stay with me as we go to Matthew, and we'll learn more about these great blessings. But before we do that, I want to remind you about the amazing music called Scripture Lullabies. These songs were originally written to help bring peace to children and to help them memorize
1: Scripture. But now adults are listening as well. It's interesting because recently we met with a marketing company, which we've done before, And we tried to explain to them that our demographic is so wide. It's, it's, we like to say from two to 92 Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and they, they don't ever believe you. They think certainly you have to sort of hone in on this, a a certain demographic. It's, you know, 25 to 35 year old uh, women who've with toddlers or children. And we said, no, I don't think it's that. And so they did the research. They went through the whole process and came back and said, you're right. You know, this, Mm -hmm. this music sort of has transcended the, lullaby genre, uh, which you think of for kids and babies, and yeah. uh, it's gone way beyond that. And We, we hear all the time that, that adults, people going through difficult times, or just generally like they want an atmosphere of worship and peace in their homes, they, they listen to this music for that purpose.
0: Producer and creator Jay Stalker of Scripture Lullabies, and I want you to have his music in your life if you don't. As you just heard, it's cinematic, it's peaceful, but it's also saturated with the Bible. And he just released his fourth album in the series this month. In fact, we released it for the first time uh, here on Haven today. I know this music will bring peace and comfort to you and loved ones, even in these uncertain times. So, for your minimal gift to Haven today, more if you can send it as we approach our fiscal year-end in a couple of weeks, I'd like to send you all four of the Hidden in My Heart CDs. Our number to call after the program is eight hundred six five four twenty eight thirty six. 865 Haven. Or listen to samples from the CDs. Watch the video we shot with Jay in his home in Colorado. But you can also make your gift online at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And if you just like the newest album that we've released this month with Jay, we have that for your gift of any amount. And now we open with an LA musician. He's a worship pastor in Hollywood. His name is Tommy Walker, and we haven't heard this in a little while, his Beatitudes song.
2: Oh, blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven, blessed are all those who mourn. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are all those who thirst for righteousness, they are the ones. are the merciful They'll be shown mercy Blessed are the pure in heart They will see God Blessed are the ones who bring peace They will be called Children of God Blessed are the ones who've endured persecution. Living for all that is right, This is the key.
0: A little jazzy with an acoustic guitar. Tommy Walker, we've had him on the program before. He's a great guy in Beatitudes Song here on Haven Today and Passages for Keeps. I'm Charles Morris. Earlier, I mentioned that question What do you do? I've heard all sorts of responses. I'm a student. I work construction. I'm a teacher. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Notice how we say, I am this or I am that. And far too often our job or position in life becomes our identity. And if we're not careful, this can spill over into our relationship with the Lord. We begin to think the Lord only cares about us or gives us his blessing when we're doing the right things. We boil our entire life down into our behavior. What do you do becomes a question, not just about how you make money or earn a living, but about how you earn your value before the Lord. We can begin to think of the Lord as little more than our boss, wondering what we've done lately, what contributions we've made, how we've increased his bottom line, the Lord with his hand out, wondering what we have to show for our time. And when we do this, we couldn't be more wrong. And I can't think of a passage that shows us this better and the Beatitudes. As I said, when we began our time together, too often the Beatitudes are taught as if they're a simple laundry list of what we need to do to earn the Lord's favor. We turn his word of blessing into a checklist, and we turn his grace into a list of chores. But the Beatitudes are all about what Christ wants for us and what he gives to us, not about earning our keep. He was standing on the Mount of Beatitudes, at least that's what it's called today, and there before him were many, many, many poor, hungry, even maybe tired people. Jesus had already earned a name for himself through miracles and teaching, but now he was going to sit up on that tall hill or mountain, and he was going to deliver a sermon of all sermons. The Sermon on the Mount is... Probably the most famous sermon ever preached. And it was given not to a group of stuffy professors, not given to self righteous religious people. It was given to people that were forgotten or overlooked by the world in which they lived. Christ stood there on that day, not to condemn or to pile any more burdens on their shoulders, but to bless them. And before we read his words of blessing together, There are two identities that Christ takes on in this sermon that makes it so much clearer. If you remember back to the Old Testament, there was another leader, another prophet who stood before a mistreated people and delivered to them God's word. It was Moses who went up Mount Sinai and received the word of the Lord. It was Moses who reminded them of Yahweh's grace in rescuing them. And then here's Jesus. In Matthew, taking on this identity, when he stood before the people there on that mountain, just a little north of the Sea of Galilee, you can look down on the water today from the Mount of Beatitudes. The Messiah delivered a new word from the Lord. Not a word of doing like Moses did, but a word of blessing and a word of grace. That's the first identity. Christ was a new Moses in this Sermon on the Mount. But there's a second identity. It's Jesus' identity as the son of David. Matthew makes it very clear from the beginning of his gospel that Jesus' birth was a royal birth, from Adam to Abraham, Abraham to David, David to Jesus. The lineage of Jesus is holy and royal. He is a king, and as he speaks to his people from that mount... He speaks to them as his royal subjects. The thing about belonging to a kingdom is that you don't have to work to become a citizen. You're born a citizen. Christ the king stood before the people with a word of blessing and a word of proclamation. These two identities, a second Moses and the son of David, show us that the Beatitudes are really about Jesus and the blessings he is ready to give. Now listen to the passage with that in mind. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you nine times count them jesus says we're blessed nine times and then he gives a reason nine blessings Blessings for the poor in spirit, the mourners, the peacemakers, blessing for the persecuted and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And once again, we must be careful that we don't reverse the order. He isn't holding these blessings out as rewards if we do the right thing or we behave ourselves. He's telling us that the blessings are ours because we are like these people when we are followers of Christ. The world does forget us. We're poor in spirit. We do mourn and we hunger and we thirst for righteousness because we long for restoration and for justice to reign on this earth. Christ blesses us and he calls us to receive his blessing. And the blessing is the reward. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. We will be comforted. We will inherit the earth. We will be filled. We will be shown mercy. We will see God. We will be called his children. Ours is the kingdom. Our reward in heaven will be great. These are the blessings of promise that the Lord Jesus gives to us, those of us who trust in him. His kingdom is full of people who suffer, who are persecuted, yet full of people who show mercy and who strive to keep the peace. The Beatitudes are first about Jesus and who he is, the fullest word from the Lord that we could ever receive. They are about Jesus and what he has done. We can't have these blessings unless Christ gives them to us. And as the end of Matthew makes clear, it's only after his death and resurrection that he receives all authority from the Father to reign as our Messiah to bestow these blessings upon us and to make sure we're protected under his loving care. He had to die in our place. He had to experience the curse so we could receive these blessings. And it's only after we receive Christ and his word of blessing that we can see the Beatitudes as a call to action. This is what his kingdom looks like. So as we consider our own life, we must consider how our conduct falls short, not to condemn ourselves or to make us afraid that somehow the Lord's love has forgotten us and left us out, but to better conform ourselves to him, to honor his blessing, to receive his grace, and to live our lives in line with his will. The Beatitudes remind us that the Lord loves us and blesses us and calls us into a life that is far greater than we could ever dream we are blessed in him and in him alone we gain the power to live
3: blessed are the poor in spirit theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn They shall see God, blessed are the people.
0: Coming out of one of the Scripture Lullabies, Volume 3, that's the Beatitudes. Thank you, Jay Stalker, for blessing us here on Haven today. And I'm Charles Morris with a program called Passages for Keeps. Well, earlier, if you were listening then, we heard from Jay Stalker, who created Scripture Lullabies. I'm really so thankful for the heart the Lord has given him to encourage both children as well as adults to hide God's Word in our hearts. And we've heard from so many listeners the last couple of weeks who've told us that the lyrics, along with the music, has helped them through anxious nights and turned those anxious nights into sweet evenings of slumber. And that includes not just children, but adults as well. I really want to send you the Hidden in My Heart Scripture Lullabies CD Collection that contains all four albums. The music is like a soundtrack from a movie with lyrics coming straight from God's Word to minister deeply into your soul. Get a set for yourself. Get a set for someone you know needs more peace in their life, especially the peace of the Lord. Just call us right now make your minimum gift and ask for the Hidden in My Heart 4 CD collection. Or if you only want the just released Hidden in My Heart's Volume 4 CD, we have that for your gift of any amount. Our number to call right now is 800-654-2836, haven And if you do want to send the CDs to someone else, please send us their name and address and a little note. You can also, if you'd like, listen to samples from the scripture lullabies and watch our special video or listen to the podcasts with Jay in his home in Northern Colorado and make your gift then online at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together Another passage to keep, the 23rd Psalm, actually, on this program that shares the great story. It's all about Jesus. Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. You might relate to the experience of the Israelites. Their neighbors treated them with contempt. Generation after generation, they faced the threat of godless invaders, but the people of God have a gracious Lord they can rely on. And that's why the psalmist says, O Lord, have mercy on us, for we've endured much contempt. Here's the funny thing about mercy. It shows us that we are all sinners in need of a savior. And it takes away our right to show contempt to others. You may very well have real enemies in your life, unbelieving friends, family, and coworkers But that's exactly the kind of person that Christ died for, enemies. And he commands us to love them too. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.